Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most biased podcast network. Welcome to How Goods Footy, a weekly AFL podcast where we ask the most important sporting question of all. I'm Carney. I'm Tom. And I'm Dusha. Boys, How Goods Footy. Hey boys, I'll answer this one for you because your teams suck. Footy's good. Hey, my team fucking won, you knobhead. Um, wait, what? My team won. Oh yeah, I forgot. I totally forgot that your team won. Mate, I got a birthday gift of a uh, that only boys can dream of. Your team holding on uh, to. I think I've got like a ridiculous victory. Memories of the halftime score, which was the most dog shit in the history of the AFL, just about. And I, for some reason, thought Geelong lost and were still terrible. No, no. Tom, I'm sorry. How good's footy? Mate, we came out and uh, footy's great, mate. We uh, we kicked four goals in the third quarter and then held on without our all Australian defender. When did he get injured? Uh, first quarter. <laughs> so you didn't. Oh, I guess you held on technically. Yeah. They, like he went they, down late. Correct. So he he broke. Uh, so we had we were down a rotation from pretty much halfway through the first quarter. Uh, he Before broke his collarbone. We get fucking sucked into this doing the Geelong game recap at the very top of the episode. Sean asked me a question. No, we're just having a conversation. Ah, come on, Tom. You, you stretched it a little too far, mate. I asked you one simple question, and you were threatening to just take over the whole show with it. Come the on, amount mate. of times well, we've had to, to fucking do this, Tom. Shut up for a second. Also, d- Sean, you fucking forgot. You fucking forgot that my team won. So fuck you. Oh, Tom. Hey, don't. No, no. Fuck you. It's not your birthday anymore. <laughs> Happy birthday, though, Tom. Thanks, mate. <laughs> so this week, three teams lost. Because one of their forwards was unable to kick a goal in the dying seconds. Uh, also, throughout the week, between episodes, all the Essendon drama unfolded. So, when we left you last week, maybe every member of the Essendon team was banned from playing. Turns out that Conor McKenna's positive was a false positive, so no one had to isolate. We weren't allowed to train until all of that got the all clear, and it showed an Essendon loss. Which was like Thursday. Yeah. We played like a team that hadn't trained together all week, which was interesting. And yeah, it was just overall pretty fucking chaotic week of football. Uh, and after me hanging shit on Sean's tips. Excuse me. 
You ha- you hung shit on Sean's tips because you were having a crack at my philosophy of tipping. Out of the three of us, who did the best this week, boys? Uh, that would be you, Tom. Yeah, that's right. Being insane works sometimes. So, Tom, uh, also out of all of us, who is bragging about finally cracking the top 90? Hey, boys, I'm in the top <laughs> 70 now. <laughs> boys, just on Douche's comment there, I did tip the two first upsets of the round, and I was flying high because fucking hell... I'd rocketed into eighth in the tipping, but I think as it stands, I'm about I'm somewhere in the 30s now. I think I fell back to earth a bit. Yeah, teams that should have won didn't. Pricks. Yeah, absolute dogs. And before we move on from footy tipping, I just want to give a shout out to Queen T from our footy tipping competition, who managed to tip all nine winners this week, which is fucked beyond recognition. So Queen T, if you're listening this week, what the fuck? Second of all, well done. <laughs> Just just to put just to put that into a context too, um, so I'm now like in the seventies, uh, or just at, in, inside the top seventy, after backing seven winners, a lot of them Smokies. In my work comp, I'm inside the top twenty. Right, that's no good. You work at a place that's meant to know football. What I mean is though, how how cooked is it that in our our comp, backing insane tips doesn't even crack me further up the charts. I wonder if our comp is the most fucked one in the world. I think it is. <laughs> and it's because of this podcast. Yeah. You have someone, you know, they're taking inspiration from all three of us. Tom's an absolute fucking madman. <laughs> I'm I'm a little bit more calculated, but still a little bit unhinged. And Dusha is just a calculated professional former winner. <laughs> and so it's like this cocktail of madness and chaos. It and is. People I, are, it's just fucked. I, the fact that someone got all nine right this week. <laughs> And they got the they got ten because Tom's got the bonus point thing working. Just for some clarification with the footy tipping, so I rose ten thousand spots in the overall ladder for the site that we use. And in me rising ten thousand spots, I actually dropped eight positions in our comp. <laughs> I rose thirty eight thousand positions, <laughs> and only and only rose like four in our comp. That's what I mean. I think I'm actually inside the top 10 for my work comp and I'm like not even anywhere near it for... Based on the quality of your tipping, Tom, I don't give any respect to your work comp. <laughs> well, no. So here's the thing. I've gone... I've gone... I rose 28,000 positions. Oh, no, wait. No, sorry. I rose 280,000 positions overall. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and 35 in our comp. Oh man, Jesus! I rose twenty five ranks in the work one. <laughs> how much is the leader of your work one on? Uh, just having a look now. Versus how much our leader is on, and how good's footy? So, person leading my comp is on twenty four, which uh, puts them equal second in our comp. Okay, okay. So, Not bad. Uh, so you're still pretty far behind then. What are you top ten in your comp at work, Tom? Yeah, that's a pretty spread out top ten. Yeah, it is. Right. Anyway, we should dive into the actual football. Yes. That was the footy tipping recap. Well done, everyone. Shout out to Natalie, who is on top of the ladder. I now footy tipping competition with 25, which is fucked. Did the one she dropped back again was because she backed the boys? The game that Natalie dropped was uh, she tipped Sydney. Oh, shame. Speaking of, uh, that was the first game of the week. and uh, Sydney lost I to thought Western be, Bulldogs. I thought it'd be closer, but... um. Sydney, while they were celebrating Kennedy's uh, milestone, they were lacking one thing, and that was they don't have a player named Marcus Bontempelli with luxurious, powerful hair in their side. Uh, 
that mark he took, he killed Isaac Heaney. Isaac Heaney is still sore t- today. <laughs> and that happened on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, another thing that Sydney don't have is a person that's not Papley to kick goals. Uh, so Sydney kicked five goals for the match and Papley kicked four of them. At one point, Sydney had kicked three goals. Papley had kicked three goals. And that was in the thir- uh, fourth quarter. And I mean, the big thing too is that West, the, like this is even bigger and gutsier from the dogs considering their form previous. Like you thought, all right, they're going to get up against the Giants because they hate the Giants and it's a statement game. But mm-hmm. to go to Sydney, lose Norton and, um, oh, they were down to two rotations, I think, from like halfway through. Also, probably worth noting that Sydney lost Naismith almost immediately as well. Yep. That's, that fucking sucked. That man has had. A rough fucking time. So he's, it's confirmed he's done his ACL. So that's him done. He's coming back from a previous ACL injury, I think, and two years out of the game. Was ready to come back round one. Struggled a little bit. Didn't make it in the round one side. Had the COVID happen. And then during COVID, his sister died. He finally gets back, does his ACL in the opening part of the game. Just like... It's fucked. That's just all of the bad luck in that man's life has happened, I think, in an 18-month span. And Alex Johnson, former Sydney player, did his ACL for the seventh time. He's uh, opting for surgery too. Going to have another crack. No way. Yeah. Jesus Christ. He was joking. Have another crack. He, well, he's playing at a lower level, but so he's going to get do, have the operation. He was joking to someone on Triple M or one of them that he could basically do the operation himself. He's, had, he's seen it done so many times. <laughs> <laughs> so this was the first big upset of the round. First game also. I honestly thought Western Bulldogs would be hurting way too much from literally punching on all all weekend last week. But no. Yep. No, they were still charged up. Yeah, they man. were. The Bont was ang- I didn't even see this as an upset. This is not an upset. No, this wasn't an upset. Like, Tom and I, we saw it. The dogs were going to win this. Sydney, Sydney have been shaky and their win against North Melbourne was good, but it was against North Melbourne who were missing Cunnington and just looked miles off it. The Bulldogs, when they're up and running, are a good side. I mean, Liber looked like he was having a great day out. This question's for you, Joel. Mm-hmm. Is Libby your favourite player outside of Essendon? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, uh, fair enough. I do love Charlie Cameron. Ooh. Watching him get up and about. And it also, there's a lot of players in Brisbane that I like. Oh. Yes. All right, so next game. And again, another upset. GWS beat well, Collingwood. Sorry, I'm going to put it out there. This was not an upset, right? And the what reason are you it's talking not about? Agree, Tom. No, 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 no. Can, can I can I show my working before you both yell at me? All right. I'm not going to yell at you. Here's my working. One, uh, for weeks, the AFL media have been telling us that Collingwood are the form side of the competition. Um, they smashed the Western Bulldogs in round one with dog shit against Richmond and beat St. Kilda. That is barely a form. They're not the form team of the comp. There are two teams up in Queensland playing a lot better uh, than Collingwood, a lot more consistently too, and against harder opposition. Yeah. Um, one team. <laughs> Two. Port well, Adelaide. one team's undefeated on top of the ladder, uh, Sean. Yeah, Port Adelaide. <laughs> yeah. Two. <laughs> two teams. Tom, you Port? think I'm defending Brisbane? They're not that consistent. Not yet. Oh, I'm talking about anyway. Gold Coast, mate. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not, not you're not form team. It's Gold Coast oh. and Port. <laughs> fuck off. Gone, anyway, man. I don't agree with him anymore. Then no no, but then so they're, they're a bit You're not talking about teams that have beaten no one. Gold Coast. <laughs> Oh, mate, harsh. What anyway, the Giants. They fucking beat West Coast, Adelaide, and then Fremantle. 
Two teams that haven't won a game, Tom. Shut up. But this, if fucking this Collingwood aren't in form, then neither are Gold Coast. You stupid fuck. I think those um, are the exact teams Brisbane have beaten as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, but but again, and the other two is that Collingwood had to travel to Giants Stadium. The Giants were embarrassed last week, and this week they brought back two of their secret weapons, Toby Kung Fu Green and Shane the Mountain Mumford. And Kelly. And Josh Kelly, a huge ins. Whitfield was back too after being knocked out in like the opening quarter of the previous week. Yeah, this wasn't an upset for me. Nah, not an upset at all. They nearly pinched it back, but the Giants were always going to win this. I'll tell you, Tom, if Jeremy Howe didn't get injured, I think Collingwood would have won. Yep. That was just that little thing that knocked him off the rails just towards the end. Well, he's so important to their structure. Like, Although you could say the same thing. Like, the Giants were flying. We messaged each other with, like, we're on here. We've got the tip because they're up by 19 points. And then Phil Sexy Man Davis went down. And Zach Williams went down, and Williams had been probably the best on ground to that point. And yep. then Collingwood came charging back. It was a game defined by injuries. Good game, too. Oh, great game. And defined by a man who I hated for a bit, but I'm warming up to because he's a really good footballer, and that's Toby Green. <laughs> he's the heart and soul of the Giants. He is a little <laughs> bit like Robbo from Brisbane mm-hmm. in the sense that can't get a fucking free kick ever. No. Nah. He got his head ripped off like five times, and the ump's like, play on. Well, I think that when you're uh, constantly kicking people in the head, you can't really expect oh. umpires to be kind to you. He's done this himself. Like, this is all self-inflicted. You know, this is Robbo you know. also probably made his own bed a little bit. If you're flying yep, nah. into packs and removing heads with your fair hip and shoulders, but heads Look. are still coming off. <laughs> Early in their careers, they both sold out all their tickets to the cunt show. And this is what they get now. <laughs> hey, Toby Green's still got a few more years of it as well. He did okay. he did he did a cheeky as fucking thing in this game where you know that goal he kicked where he kicked it over his head without looking at the goals and just nail it beautifully. Yeah. The best thing about the lead up to that goal is he at first tries to convince the umpire he marked the ball when 18 players have touched it before it lands in his hands. He holds it above his head to be like, yeah, Mark, realises there's no fucking way the umpire is paying that and then just drops it under the boot over the head. Actually, did you see that other one where he dogged somebody after they kicked it and then he went to the umpire, oh, I got pushed into it. And then you watch the replay. The guy didn't touch him. <laughs> no. <laughs> he just barreled into him. Uh, it's look. Uh, can it's, we talk about sounds of the game? Did you see that stuff? With oh, he sure. <laughs> it's never good. I don't really rate the sounds of the game. No, it's basically I, just him huffing and puffing as he's running, and there's the, the occasional little quip in there, but it's not really worth the time. I miss when the sound of like the fake crowd noise wasn't masking what the players were saying. That was way better. Like yeah. when. Like players kicking goals and just yelling "fuck." That's what I want. That's the sound of the game that I want. <laughs> That's footy. Yes. Um. But yeah. Look, Collingwood. The war continues, and uh, couldn't be happier for him. Really. Yeah. And look, Jeremy Howe's going to be a big out, probably out for the rest of the season. They're fucked. Like this is going to sound dumb, but I feel like if they lost, say, uh, Darcy Moore or Stevenson or or even Dugowie. Mm. They could shuffle the team around to cover that. There is no one on Collingwood's like list, Collingwood's list like Jeremy Howe. No one. I think we'll get a good read of where they're at next week when they take on a very chaotic team that no one has a read on because who fucking knows. 
<laughs> the cardiac cunts. They got Brisbane the week after. Jesus. Assuming, although the fixture is really up in the air. And then, and then Geelong potentially in South, in Western Australia as part of the hub. Well, yeah, it depends what happens. Yeah, with uh, look, Victoria may wreck footy. So, <laughs> Victoria. What I don't foot- understand is why they're not just taking all the Victorian teams and moving them elsewhere. Like, just do that. Just move them all out. Put them it's in too Sydney. Late, Tom. Put some in WA. Uh, is it worth just summarising quickly what's happened with the Queensland government today? Uh, yeah, well, I, mean, I was going to talk about it. in regard to the it. fixture? Well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it now. I was going to bring it up when we're doing our tears for next week. But, um, yeah, so COVID cases in Victoria have spiked. So the Queensland government has now closed its borders to Victoria, meaning that Richmond, who were meant to play there on Thursday night, are now no longer allowed in the state. So the AFL has had to reshuffle the round five fixtures, which has... Uh, done some like pretty chaotic things to some of the lineups. I think it's now S- Sydney or St Kilda. Someone is Sydney playing West Coast. Yeah, St Kilda and I think Carlton have been moved into the Thursday night slot. Yeah. Um, Richmond were due to play West Coast in Queensland. That can't happen now, so it's going to be West Coast versus Sydney. And yeah. Richmond and Melbourne. Richmond Melbourne. However, it also has ramifications because the Queensland government have said, um, for instance, if Brisbane are to leave Queensland, come to Melbourne to play, if they want to come home, they have to go into like quarantine for two weeks. If Brisbane play against any team that has played in Melbourne or against a Melbourne team within the last two weeks, they have to do two weeks of quarantine. Basically, they've I don't know what they're going to do because Brisbane are cut off. The only thing I can think of is that they'll send... They either send a bunch of Melbourne teams to Queensland for a hub or they send Brisbane and Gold Coast to Melbourne. I'm hearing that Gold Coast will end up in Victoria for about a month and then travel across to South Australia. Well, I reckon they'll restructure the draw so Brisbane play Sydney and the Giants yep. in New South Wales. Yep. Sorry, that's what, I meant with the, that's what I meant with the, the Suns. Suns will do two games yep. in Victoria, then go to New South Wales. Yeah, I wonder if Brisbane will do two in Sydney... And then come to Maybe Victoria. Maybe go home for one or two and then go to Victoria for like six weeks or something. Because you've also got to bear in mind, two weeks from now, the numbers in Victoria could be back under control again. Yeah. And then two weeks from then, you know, like this is the thing. And this is why people are like, oh, they don't need to shorten the quarters. No, no, you watch. By the end of this week, we will have a week of football, I guarantee you. By the end of this year, <laughs> a week of football will take place. And I cannot – it's the festival of footy, boys. It's finally happening. It's going to be absolutely <laughs> fucked. Next game was Port Adelaide murdering West Coast. Disappointing. I tipped West Coast. I thought they might stand for something, and they stand for nothing. Yeah. I think the best summarization of West Coast, where they are this year, is in this game, and that is Will Schofield uh, being a laid-in for McGovern to play on Charlie Dixon, who kicked six goals. Uh Schofield lost his mind, head-butted Zach Butters, and then did his calf. <laughs> I didn't know he got injured. Yeah, did his calf. <laughs> he probably faked it just to get out of there. He's get sick. out of there. Um, I'll tell you what. You see him on the phone. He got to the bench, picked the phone up, and then they show Adam Simpson basically just talked to him for two seconds, and it looked like fuck was part of it. Oh, yeah. And then <laughs> slammed the phone down, and Schofield's still holding the phone, waiting, because he thinks it's just silent treatment from the coach. Yeah. And then he just throws the phone away. Yeah. it's Well, that's <laughs> what that's from after says, he- Fuck it. He's over it. That's from after he head-butted Zach Butters. So, Schofield- So, okay. Charlie Dixon, six goals, two. 
uh, had 15 touches, laid a tackle, took seven marks. He also, I think, set up about three or four other goals. Like, Will he could Schofield. have had 27. Will Schofield. Yep. Uh, he won at 66% disposal efficiency uh, with his three touches. Oh. He laid no tackles, and he has... Oh, sorry, he laid one tackle. His uh, dream team points were two. The lowest on the ground by a significant margin. I want to defend Will Schofield because in the history of footy, he's one of my favourite soldiers in the war on Collingwood for his efforts <laughs> on grand final day. True. He's a fucking legend. True. He's a hero. There was a good article. Did you guys read the article? It was, I think, maybe a week ago about the fact that he's he's juggling like four different businesses. So he's got a little... You know, they're set up in a hotel in the Queensland hub. He's got his hotel room and then they've got him the room next door, which is like his office where he's got all his computer set up and everything. <laughs> Fucking hell. So he's loving it. He's already, his mind is already to outside of footy. I, I'm pretty he's sure he's also, businesses. Yeah. he's also working um, for the women's team, the West Coast women's team. Mate, the bike's a legend. Look, I don't know if you remember this, but years ago, there was a, uh, he's still on the Brisbane list. His name's um, Sam Skinner. He's done a few knee recos, so... But he played his first game over in Western Australia and he absolutely murdered Will Schofield in a tackle. Like he fucking killed him. Mm-hmm. And then when he did his knee the following year, Will Schofield like sent him a, a video message which was like, hey, mate, hope you hope you feel better. Oh. hope you recover well. Don't ever remember me. You're, I'm the guy you, you fucking murdered. <laughs> like, I got all the time in the world for Schofield. I like that. And to, to Schofield's credit as well, no one was stopping Charlie Dixon on Saturday. No one. <laughs> He's come back. He's not from- going to be the last guy to get slapped around by Big Dick Dixon. Oh, oh my God! The- <laughs> it's just that I love that this is the week two where Hardwick has come out being like, "Oh yeah, key forwards aren't really any good anymore." That's the excuse he's giving for why Lynch and Rewald are shit. And then Dixon comes out and kicks six and just murders an entire team <laughs> on his own. Like he has come back from the ISO period sh- more shredded, fitter than he ever was. And hungry for murder. He's scary. Was it he last is. week? Did I say he's the only AFL footballer that I wouldn't fight? Yes. Yeah. I stand, <laughs> stand by, by that. <laughs> I don't think I could beat him. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> oh. oh, it's fuck. I love. I think I love Charlie Dixon. I think you know. I think I like him. I do too. I think I like him. He's got swagger. He's got. He's just swagger. a big lumberjack, and I really respect that. Yeah. Sorry, I got very distracted looking at um, just looking at how dog shit Jack Rewald is. <laughs> um, yeah, which brings me to the next game, which is St Kilda just fucking showed everyone that Richmond are just not up to it this year when they just killed them, one by five goals. Wanted to tip them. I really wanted to tip them. Didn't have the courage. I thought I'd already thrown out a few too many uh, wild tips. Did you back St Kilda? Mate, abso-fucking-lutely. Absolutely. You're a fucking madman. Oh, that was brave. Tom hates Richmond, well so he just tipped against them. He didn't think they were going to lose. He just wanted them to lose and hoped that the weight of his tip would influence the game. Hey. And maybe it did. Fiction. Who's sitting here a winner now? Me. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah. Richmond looked no good. It's weird. It's, it's I crazy, mean, it? I will, <laughs> I will put this out there. To, to just sort of, not defend them, but to just put it out there. Like, they've been... A benchmark team for probably three years, their style of play, I think it's that thing after a few years, other teams catch up and go, right, we know how you play. And they just, they've looked off. They, 
none of that pressure's there. The coach that I taught them how to do that is now at a different club, Tom. A better club. Who's 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 playing like chaos now? <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> it's gonna kill me. Um on and off the field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the off field stuff's not new though. That Carousella didn't bring that to the bombers. They've done that themselves for years. <laughs> so St. Kilda looked good. Uh Butler and Membry kicked three goals each, which is fucked. Butler looks really good this year. Even in like the losing games that he's played, he's just like he's always there, and I like that. How did Ben King go, or is it Max? Uh, Max, Max is at the Saints. I think Ben's up north, Gold Coast. Ten touches, late a tackle, no goals, no goals. That's all right. Yeah. How many did our rewall kick? One goal, three. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's right. He kicked Fuck, one. He's forgotten goal. how to kick goals. He's forgotten how to kick normal goals. I thought that like. I thought that when he kicked that fucked goal that it was absolutely on for Richmond and they were going to run it. Like, that was the goal that was going to inspire them. Turns out I was wrong. It was a beautiful kick by maybe the AFL's ugliest man. <laughs> oh, goal of the round? No. Nah. No. Nah. No way. What's a goal of the round, Tom? Have you seen the Koshuses? Oh, just watch the watch the goal of the week. I think it's the first or the second one. Um, it is... He it, it's almost he doesn't necessarily mean to kick a goal and he kicks it. It's beautiful. It's very nice. One of the f- okay. one of the fucking Carlton blokes kicked a huge goal as well. Do, do we do we want to talk about that game, Joel? Uh, next, no, next game? no. We're actually going to move on from that. Um, so yeah, Saturday okay. night Essendon played. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, also on Saturday night, Gold Coast and Freo played. Great. So in that game, Lukosius kicked this absolutely beautiful, ridiculous cooked goal. Um, very nice. And uh, Matty Rowell just racked up another 20 touches and had kicked two goals and uh, wore the highest shorts in the world. And boys, he's going to win the Brownlow. That would be so good to win the Brownlow and a rising star in the same year. I mean, he, the thing is, even if they don't keep winning, he's going to keep pummeling votes because he's a good player in a team. No one else has taken votes off him. And he's like, he's now uh, the first, like the fastest most fewest amount of games to ever have uh, three consecutive tens in the coaches' votes with four games. The previous fastest was Tim Kelly with 31. He's coming second, which is just fucked. It's insane. And Lockie Neal is first. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. (laughs) The superstar. Mr. No Goal 6 himself. (laughs) (laughs) Can we just say that it, this game was actually quite tight and uh, pretty accurate as well. I think both teams hadn't missed till like half time or something. Um, and then, unfortunately yeah. for Freo, they lost their midfield with Fife doing a hammy. And from that point on, it was all Gold Coast. Yeah, a uh, bad hammy. He could be back this week. Yeah, it's been. Oh. Yeah, it's uh, been. What revealed. kind of hammy is that? <laughs> a minor one. Fuck. Are they tanking? Um, <laughs> no, they're just, they're just shit. I saw. Um, Matty Rowell shrug a five tackle, which just got me hard for football. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what uh, got me very excited about football? Yeah. The halftime punch on. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good punch on too. Well, because here's the thing I forget. So Collins, who was in the center of that punch on, was on the Freo list for ages and couldn't get a game. And oh. he's now playing for the Suns and is very, a very handy addition. It's almost like Ross Lyon destroys players' careers instead of letting them grow and Foster. I know that fights in football outside of certain groups are like, that's not good for the game. But 
I think that the Gold Coast Suns all getting in on a fight is actually a good sign because it means that they believe in club culture. And if they see one of their teammates getting flattened, they want vengeance. I love to see it. Nothing brings you together like a big fight. Yeah. No one's getting hurt. <laughs> yeah, they're all fine. It's good. It's good. I love that jumpers. in that, there was a passage with, during that fight where like might have been Ainsworth or Ainsworth, who's like tiny, was going at like Tabata, who's seven foot, and like Jared Witts just kind of had to put an arm between them and separate this like tiny little dynamo angry Gold Coast <laughs> Sun. <laughs> so good. I love the Suns. I love them. Just not going to love them next week. When they beat Geelong. Nah, get fucked. It won't happen. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wear our shorts higher than Matty Rowe. Did you see someone uh, like untuck his jumper? Oh, really? Yeah, one of the Freo players, like during the melee, I think it was, came up behind him and just quickly yanked it out and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's very I'll tell cheap. you what, that's that's gonna happen. Zach too is gonna do that in the opening five minutes. Just doop, untuck him. <laughs> I would untuck him all day if I was to yeah. like, put someone on him. They reckon Joel Selwood might play like a run with roll on him. Just untuck oh, that's- him all day. <laughs> Put him off. Or is like tucking, like him tucking like his binds. And if you untuck him, that unleashes his full potential. He's 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 actually suppressing his own football potential mm. because if untapped, it would wipe out the entire state of Queensland. Yeah. You- Unless tucking in is like his, ver- his Gary Ablett version of going to church. So every time he tucks in, he becomes more powerful. <laughs> oh, no. So, oh, fuck. Tell you what, what Ablett needs to do, Ablett needs to go to a church, have 100 meatball subs, and tuck himself in because it's his 350th as well. Oof. Can't believe you're going to lose to Gold Coast on his 350th game. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. This game's... this. Oh, man. It's Selwood's 300th as well, Tom. Yep. Correct. Jesus. That's yep. massive. That is they, big. They can't lose. No, they can't. If they stand for anything, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Which we all know they don't. So, Gold Coast. Speaking of teams <laughs> that don't stand for anything, Adelaide Crows. What the oh, fuck is going on with that fucking team? They're an abomination. They're, look, what I love is that you could just tell that the Fox footy commentators of your game, Sean, were trying so hard to make Adelaide sound competent. They were like, oh, there's a bit of a fight. Oh, they're, they're showing a bit of fight. If Brisbane had a kick straight, they would have lost by 150 points. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, Dusha, have you got the stat up in front of you? I think we kicked Six. 10 goals, 23. That's it, to Adelaide's 7 goals, yeah. 4. So they had 11 we scoring had, shots. Yeah. <laughs> you had 33. Well, one of them was rushed. Oh. One of them was rushed. Brisbane actually had 36 shots on goal. <laughs> Adelaide had 10. Between uh, McCluggage and yeah, Lockie Neal, Lockie they Neal. had 14 shots on goal <laughs> to Adelaide's 10. And out of those it's f- insane. 14 shots at goal, Sean, how many goals did they kick? One. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Brisbane oh, came out good. at halftime. I think we are up by 40 points and had been very wasteful. And I said to you guys, geez, if we come out firing, this is a 100-pointer. And they just came out pretty flat. Adelaide, I think, kicked four goals in the third quarter. Brisbane did miss heaps. We missed like five or six shots in that third quarter. So yeah, so they kicked it four. It wasn't like it was a... Yeah. <laughs> At halftime, it was seven goals, ten to two goals straight. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. They looked like as bad as Gold Coast were in their first season. That's how bad Adelaide were looking. And they, to their credit, they, they had a bit of a crack in the third quarter. I don't know if I'm loving this commentary that Tex Walker 
has like reignited his career with a strong third quarter. He kicked two goals in a row and I think had a hand in maybe two others. But I, watching it, it just felt a bit like Darcy Gardner had lost respect for him and so wasn't really <laughs> close checking him as much. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just went, oh, like, he's, he's fucking over yeah. the hill. I don't care about you know him I mean? anymore. Like, if it was a – I don't know. It's easy for someone like Taylor Walker to kick two goals in a quarter against a team that just like pretty much switched off. They got to half oh. time and went, yeah, it's over. And then they Sean, turned it back on in the last quarter. I will contest to you that I don't think Brisbane got out of second gear all day. No, nah, so that's before when we were talking about consistency with other teams. Brisbane, that's probably my worry at the moment is they're not putting in four quarters. And it's actually quite scary because, like we said, they had 36 shots at goal, which is ridiculous <laughs> for a team that yeah wasn't really firing. Like Lockie Neal, for instance, right? He ended up having six behinds, 31 touches. He's probably nearly best on ground again. Well, he, he only had one touch in the first quarter. He he definitely was <laughs> best on ground, like by a significant margin. Hugh McCluggage got all 10 of the coaches' votes. Ooh. How was that oh, goal from what, McCluggage too? It's exciting. Um, Zorko's injured again. He's done his calf. He won't play against Port Adelaide. That's upsetting. But what I'm thinking this year as opposed to last year doesn't matter as much because Jared Berry has like absolutely turned it on. Yeah. Last week he was one of the best on ground. This week, same again. I think he had 23 touches. He's playing more midfield minutes and he's become, honestly, when I watch him, I do think of the Bont. He's just becoming like really strong and hard to tackle and he's fucking exciting. There's, there's a few players who I reckon in that, that lockdown period, different players treated it in different ways. Like, and some have come out and you can just see that whatever they needed to work on, They've upped it. So, like, Dixon has come back in great form. Barry, I reckon, is another one. Raul bulked up a heap. I reckon uh, Parfit's another one who's slimmed down and got a lot fitter so that he can play on the ball for Geelong. There's yep. players peppered throughout each team that just went in to that isolation period, worked the fucking house down, and have come back and are now in very good touch. Just on Barry, like, you know, last year McCluggage had that breakout year. Yeah. And and Barry sort of because they're from the same draft, um, they're good mates. Barry didn't quite turn it on last year, but his preseason last year he had glandular fever, so he got absolutely Jesus. Like, cooked early in the year, and he kind of like struggled Fuck. for most of the year to get back up to like top flight. Whereas he's obviously had a huge preseason, and like the last two weeks, I, he's the most exciting thing. And fuck, did you guys watch this last quarter? Yeah, uh, Zach Bailey. Did you see him? Yep. Fuck me. Turn it on. Exciting. He, Turn, he's the difference. He's my brother before, and he he said Zach Bailey reminds him of like sort of what Chris Judd used to do. Jesus. Not in every way. <laughs> no, not the same player, but just in that like burst of speed out of a pack, just sort of unstoppable. And if he can yep. start to do that for a whole game rather than just these little bursts, fucking hell, that's another weapon. Got a lot of weapons. Mate, it's exciting. You've also got uh, Mark of the Year sewn up. Oh, you reckon Charlie Cameron? Oh, mate, that that was huge. Look how excited he was too when he landed. He oh. just smiled like, fuck yeah. <laughs> he he took three steps, and on the third step is when he starts his jump. So from two steps effectively, he goes over Riley O'Brien, who is the tallest player on Adelaide's list. Should have gone back and kicked the goal. Charlie was I mean, yes. firing for mark of the year pretty much all day. There were so many like one-handed attempts, like diving grabs. Yeah. Oh, Sean, how good was a little soccer kick from him that set up the uh, rich 95-metre goal? Oh, mate. <laughs> like, 
Some people fluke things. That was very deliberate. Yep. Absolutely. Very. Absolutely. To, um, who, who grabbed it? I think he kicked it to Dan McStay. McStay was good again. I just want him to actually take a couple more marks. He's fl- he's hitting contests really hard now. Hipwood was okay. Hipwood's kind of having that sort of season where every week he should probably kick three or four goals, but he's just fucking things up and maybe kicking one or two instead. Mm. So he's sort of on the edge of taking the next step, but not quite. He was. Yeah, I'm pretty excited with Brisbane. Very, very unselfishly. Hey, the future's bright, mate. Uh, Hipwood very, very unselfishly kicked what would have been a certain goal by him, just passed it on to, I think it was McStay. Yeah, McStay. I'll, I'll tell you why I like that, because McStay's confidence is like pretty rattled with his goal kicking. Yeah. So I think that any time a Brisbane player has a chance to give him like an easy goal, I love to see it, because he, if if he gets up and firing as well, that forward line is just going to be fucking awesome. Link McCarthy played his best game oh, for a while. He as well. fucking it started. Well, it was raining all day. He just got a bit wet and was like, "Fucking here we go, boys! Fucking <laughs> jump on! I'm going to lead the way." Yeah. McCarthy's He's a gremlin. Good. You get him wet and he just goes nuts. <laughs> Cam Rayner didn't have high disposals, but he played a bit more time in the middle and started to like just burst through packs and fire off a few handballs. And I'm really liking what I'm seeing. I think he's he's going to take a little while, but he'll eventually become an absolute gun, I reckon. And he's played 50 games now. He's played 50 consecutive games. Jesus. He hasn't missed a game since he started. So that's happened really quick. So the more games you get into him, bloody hell, he's going to be awesome. Also, Mate, he hits 100, he'll win a Brownlow. You watch. We <laughs> we touched on it, but Daniel Ridge kicked a goal pretty much from the defensive 50. It was fucking enormous. <laughs> Loves it. It was... Like- it was- it was such an arrogant goal too because he didn't like bomb it over anyone's head. He just kicked this low goal knowing that no one from Adelaide had any ability to get anywhere near the footy. And he knew it was wet. <laughs> he just hit it with enough acceleration. It was just going to skim. It was just, He just knew. It left his boot. He's the best kick. It left his boot 150 metres from the goals and just sailed straight through. He's definitely the best kick in the league, I reckon. That's a big call. But I like I stand it. By it. I respect it. Thank you. Thanks. Tom looks like he's like, oh, no, half the Geelong no, no. team are fucking better. Uh, I don't know if you're aware, but say- Gary Ablett, uh, he's actually the best kick. He's probably the best player in AFL, equal with Joel Salwood and probably Paddy Dangerfield. Paddy Dangerfield has the biggest calves, though, that's for sure. Um, yeah, probably. I mean, he does have the biggest calves. That's mad. I still don't believe the whole sock thing. He can't pull a sock up over his jaw. Oh, mate, it, it happened. It actually happened, though. No, no, I, yeah, I okay. would I would say okay, Rich mate. is probably one of your best mm. best field kicks in the league. And I'm trying to think of another player who can hit it as like perfectly as he can. It's pretty good. Kate Simpson's a pretty nice fucking kick, though. All right, mate. Rich, Richie's enough. Good All on. right, Rich then. Next, next game. Lock him in. All right, so... The this round ended with two games that were lost by under a goal. I say lost because the teams that won didn't deserve it. This feels this feels very fucking rude considering I got a win on my birthday and we did fucking deserve it because we stopped them from winning. Tom, they had a set shot. No. It's not no, like no, the- so they actually had it's okay. Uh, Tomlinson had a set shot from outside 50 that went to the top of the square and got punched through, right? He no, was never going to make the distance. Wasn't it, Then the ball it, comes Tom, back out. Then Tom. the ball comes back out. <laughs> then the ball comes back out, right? And they have another shot to go back in looking for a target. And Blitzarv stood up and took a match-saving mark that Tom, won the game. Tom, 
I know that you're misremembering this immediately because that behind by Tomlinson wasn't a rushed behind. It was a big kick, yeah. It, it sailed straight through the, uh, if you're facing the goals, the left-hand side. It was a set shot and he just missed it. It at no point. Well, then, then it- when they had another shot, and then we won. No, you Joel, you won. won that game. You then. won because you cleared yeah. it out. It, there was thirty seconds left. All your players had to do was just not kick it straight to a Melbourne player, and they didn't. Well, no, but then the ball came back in a second time with about fifteen seconds to go, and Blitzarves took a huge match-winning mark. Blitzarves' mark was Absolutely. just outside fifty, wasn't it? Nah, nah. Directly in front, about twenty meters out, just took a big, big mark, clutch mark. Played a huge game. All right. Anyway, Tom, tell us what happened in your opinion, I guess. Geelong had a huge win. They never looked like losing. Melbourne are no good. No, no, we absolutely looked like losing, and I got really worried for a second that my birthday was going to be shit, and I'd have to um, not have another one <laughs> just to make sure. Um, but, like, I, I it, people are sort of saying that this movie, this movie, this game was dog shit to watch, and I guess... I was tense and stressed and emotionally invested because it was my team, but the scoring was pretty flat. But the, there was just no space. Geelong were pressuring Melbourne. Melbourne were pressuring Geelong. What I did like, though, was that a bit like you, Sean, saying, like someone like Jared Berry stepping up and these and um, Zach Bailey, sort of these unheralded players step up, is that, yeah, Dangerfield and Selwood still had good games, but Cam Guthrie had probably his best game for two years um, through the middle, just tore it up. Um, O'Connor had a huge game down back when Stewart went off. He started sort of taking these big marks. I think he had 20 touches and about 10 or 12 marks across the game, which is really big. And, uh, boys, I think uh, I think I know the number that's going to end up on my jumper. It's going to be 42. He's absolutely just – I love him every week, every bloody week. Um, is that Blitzer? Mark, Mark O'Connor. No, that's uh, O'Connor. Mark O'Connor is 42. Oh, okay. Um, also, Dusha, you'll love this. Mm-hmm. Atkins has the most fucked haircut at the moment. It is a sharp angled, like straight fringe into a mullet. Yeah, he's your he best had player. One possession for the day. Best player. One possession. That's it for the whole day. <laughs> uh, Chris Scott was asked about him after the game and said that he got a really heavy knock and could barely run, but knew that if he went off, they were going to be down two players and they needed him for midfield rotations. So he kept playing. That's like not a good. goddamn hero. Isn't like so he's nah. rattled. Shouldn't they have done a concussion yep. test? No, no, no. Big hit, like not not knocked out, but like oh, hit in the body. Like, like corky and to the chest. So, Tom, he had one yep. disposal, so one kick, one inside 50. Yep. Uh, he yep. also had one free kick. So, yeah. <laughs> his only touch it. came from a free kick. This is what I'm saying. He didn't have a big numbers game, but he did his job for the team, and I respect him for it, and his haircut is absolutely fucked. Tom, how and long I love is- it. How long are they expecting Stuart to be out for? It's a broken collarbone, yeah. so six weeks. And it, yeah, maybe maybe four or five Dr. weeks. Joel, I did some research about collarbones just to fill you in, Tom, because I knew you wouldn't uh, have any idea. Thanks, mate. Um, thanks, mate. I don't do Joel research right. in this show. It's about six weeks. Yeah, six. Yeah. But also, then it says six weeks to then get it back to full strength. Yep, could be twelve weeks, Tom. It was a really innocuous incident, which I think because he's he's his shoulders and stuff are strapped to buggery, so he must have a history of stuff like that. The only positive for us is he carries the team. The only <laughs> the only the only good thing for us is that we've still got Harry Taylor to keep playing, who's an All Australian intercept marker. He's good, so we can use him. We've still got Collar Jazz, and he's just come back and looks pretty good. We've got a couple of young guns as well, Kruger and DeConing, who can play 
that intercept marker. Also, if anything, it means that some young kids get some good game time under some experienced players. I'm nervous, though. He's, he's not... He's not a player I want to be without. Yeah, that's fair enough, especially when you're going against Gold Coast, the red-hot team of the moment. It's true. It's true. Good luck. And also, Tom, how many games consecutive consecutively have you won in a row now? One? What's your record mm-hmm. since the bye? One win? One? Yep. One win. One win. Imagine coming up against second on the ladder, knowing that you this is the game that should break the curse. Yeah, but when you're coming up against second on the ladder and you've got a, your captain playing his 300th and the chunkiest man on your team playing his 350th. So, Tom, Geelong, they won. They got the four points. Did they look yep. good getting it? Absolutely not. No. Was it your nah, birthday but- magic that got them over the line? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. O'Connor picked that footy up and went, it's a very special man's birthday yeah. out there today. We've got a win for him. If I was a Melbourne supporter, I'd be really annoyed because I think that that win, we, I think that they deserved the win, and that would have been enough to steady the ship. But unfortunately, what can you do? I think no, they didn't. See, this is the thing. I don't think either team deserved to win because Melbourne played like dog shit, and Geelong also didn't play much better. Well, yeah, I mean, one team conceded three consecutive goals in the last quarter, so you know, yeah. we kicked four in a row in the, fo- the third quarter. No, you didn't. Okay, Tom. <laughs> you kicked three in a row. <laughs> nah. No, you, you you did. I can see it. I've got the stats right in front of me. <laughs> Whatever, mate. You kicked, Whatever. you kicked four goals in the third quarter. Were they in a row? No. Yeah, in a row. No, Tom, there wasn't. You kicked your it third was, goal, so and then fine. Melbourne kicked... <sighs> right, and then the last game of the round, which also the team that deserved to win lost because they could not seal the deal. Now, the Hawks were 31 points up in the last quarter. Yes. Uh, 30, 33 <laughs> and points nearly up. lost. 33 points up in the last quarter. Jesus. What was the score? Wasn't oh, wait, like no, sorry. To- sorry, 31, you're right. My mistake. Uh, yeah. yeah, final there score were, was... There were, there were six, <laughs> 50, six goals. 58 to uh, 54 was the final score, Sean. Going into the last quarter, it was seven goals, six to four goals, three. And then Hawthorne kicked the first goal of the last quarter at like the five-minute mark. It wasn't even like straight out of the gate. And then... North Melbourne were like, actually, maybe fuck you. Maybe this is our game now. And then they went on to kick a couple of goals. And then, yeah, they missed a couple of shots uh, right at the end of the game. And those misses right cost the them. Uh, Jai Simpson had a shot at um, goal, uh, like a snap with like 20 seconds left and missed. It just missed too. It just like bent the wrong way at the last minute. Yeah, it uh, reminded me of another kick maybe on the siren or after the siren, that only Joss missed. Maybe fell just like a metre short. <sighs> maybe fell the width of Liam Jones's head short. <laughs> yeah, potentially. <laughs> <sighs> Look, just in case people aren't aware, the game we skipped over, yep. Essendon lost by one point with a shot after the siren. Oh, no, a shot just before the siren. There was about 15 seconds to go. Jacob Townsend took a mark 55 meters out, and he is such a good kick. He he doesn't miss set shots, but he also doesn't really kick at 55 meters. So he kicked it, and it was like the straightest kick I'd ever seen. Like an arrow, but it just dropped short mm. at the last moment. Fucking wet fucking Saturday night air. Dragged the fucking football down straight into the fucking <laughs> Carlton players. Punched over the line. Essendon lost by a point. No, no. 
wasn't punched over the line, bounced off Liam Jones's head. <laughs> it was pun- Yeah, I thought that that was that would have made me more angry. But watching the replay, a Carlton player fists it into his head, <laughs> so it was touched before the head. <laughs> oh man! And do you know what had happened in that <sighs> for that play as well? Do you know who was uh, up forward? The big man, Cal Hooker. They swung him forward right at the end oh. of the game. <laughs> Needed him. He would have nailed it from fifty. We all know. We all know. Oh, and Essendon got back in the game. So, I don't want to talk about it, but Essendon were out of the game. They did not look good. They were trying to play chaos football, but nothing was connecting. Really struggled to get it out of Carlton's, def- uh, Carlton's attacking 50. But then Jake Stringer played some real cunty football and kicked a couple of goals in a row. And then Essendon looked much better. They were doing what they're good at. Saad was a fucking gun all game, but yeah. Fell short of the last hurdle, and it was dog shit. Fair enough. Right. Next week. I think it's time for more chaos, boys. <laughs> You're expecting you more chaos tipping? Oh, absolutely. This well, the fact that this this isn't who they were supposed to be playing for some of these teams makes it even more chaotic. So bring it on, I say. Yeah, so uh the new first game of the round is Carlton take on St. Kilda on Thursday night. St. Kilda. St. Kilda. St. Kilda. And then Lock it in. Friday night. Collingwood take on Essendon. The war continues. The Bombers will win. I don't think I can handle losing to Carlton and then Collingwood two weeks in a row. <laughs> that is no good. Um, I'm tipping Essendon. Obviously. I'm going to tip Essendon because of war. Yeah. I. Th- but deep down, you want to pick? <laughs> Essendon. Because I can't. I can't not. Sean. Good Bombers. boy. Let's say these two teams, neither of them are Collingwood, but they've got all the Collingwood players, and you want the tip right. Who would you tip? Collingwood. <laughs> Collingwood. <laughs> and Collingwood. <laughs> uh, but I will tip the Bombers. Look, I'm tipping Essendon, obviously. I think that we're a really, really big chance, provided that the attitude of last week's game is not like, hey, is not like, fuck, we cooked it, fuck this. And he's more like, that felt shit, let's just fucking run over the top of Collingwood. Because could happen. And I was seeing some positive signs after the loss. Like, everyone got around Jacob Townsend. So hopefully- They love truck. Yeah. They love truck. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the last time I've tipped Collingwood to win a game. I'm sure I do. I reckon he did late in the season I think I picked him in round one. Anyway, anyway, Essendon will Essendon. win. Then we've got West Coast take on Sydney. Hey, if they stand for anything. Yeah, this is going to be West Coast's first win of the year. Or first win since isolation or whatever the fuck. They're going to win. Where is it? Yep. Uh, Metricon. Okay. Oof. West Coast. Oof. You sure, Sean? No, I'm not. Yeah. But Sydney are dog shit as well, so it's a bit of a who gives a fuck cup. And then at GMHBA Stadium, Geelong take on Suns. <laughs> oh, boy. Breaking the curse. It's, yeah, I think it's because it's a double milestone and they're big, big milestones. I think it's got to be uh, the Cats. The last double milestone like this that I remember was Enright and Bartel. Bartel playing his 300th, Enright breaking the game's record. And we looked like losing and came back to win against maybe the Bulldogs or Port Adelaide. So I reckon we're on. 
Hey, Dusha, how much how much of that information do you think is actually correct? Uh, I reckon thirty percent, if that. I reckon actually, I think yeah. what is most correct about that is that those two <laughs> players had a milestone whilst playing for yeah. Geelong. Was it the same game? No, they Probably had a milestone not. the same day. No, it was was. I got cheered off together. Yeah, cool. Yeah, sick. Yeah. Um. Oh, I'm going to tip Geelong, but I reckon that they might be a bit slow. It's dangerous. It's a danger game. All right, and then we have Western Bulldogs take on North Melbourne. Oh, this is a tough one as well. It's hard uh, to tip a team north. to win when you don't have a read on either of them. I'm going North Melbourne. They'll be angry about last week. I reckon I'm going to tip Western Bulldogs. I reckon Libba is going to just come out and kick a bag, something he doesn't usually do, but <laughs> I want him to, so it's going to happen. I'm using Tom's logic. <laughs> Libba's going to kick six goals. Yep. Playing up forward. Dogs by playing one a- point. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Playing full back. <laughs> yeah. Just bombing him long. Yeah. Uh, whoa. Whoa. Next game. Brisbane take on Port Adelaide. And Brisbane, according to the odds I've got in front of me, are the favorites. Whoa. Bloody hell. Fuck. Only just. Worth reminding that Port stitched us up pretty good in the preseason and have looked more consistent. Um... Look, I'll be backing Brisbane by can four you, goals. But can you tuck the big Dixon dick away? Yeah, I think so. I think we've All got right, the uh, Brisbane. I reckon we got the troops. I've uh, I've uh, been watching a lot of Twitch streaming recently, boys, and I've noticed uh, Mitch Robinson's uh, shoulder and hip are looking very powerful. And uh, when Charlie bends that very, very, very long way down to pick up the ball, when he looks up, whew. Just on a side note for listeners in our tipping comp, because I respect them. Were I not a Brisbane supporter, I'd be tipping Port Adelaide. That is insane. Just so you know, Sean, my brother is very stressed about this game. Well, I'm stressed as well. I'm probably as stressed as, as your brother is, to be honest. It's a oh, big game. I haven't seen enough from Brisbane yet to give me much confidence that they'll put this away. I just hope they will. I hope they win. I think the 10,000 uh, screaming Brisbane fans just going to get it done. I'm tipping Brisbane. Mm, okay. All right. Me too. Right. Next game, uh, Sunday. Whoa. In a huge who gives a fuck cup. Adelaide take on Fremantle. <laughs> Bottom of the ladder. <laughs> neither of these teams have won yet. And I hope it's a draw so neither of these teams continue to win. Now. If Fife is back in, Fife will win. I uh, so Freo remember starting this year and you were talking a lot about Freo and how maybe you like them now. I don't see it. I think it was you, Tom. I no. like Michael Walters. I, th- I think Freo yeah. will win, though. Yeah, I think yeah, Freo will win, too. But if Adelaide want to win a game, this is the one to win. Uh, otherwise, I don't think they g- Look, who are they going to beat this year? <laughs> not Gold Coast. No, uh, not Gold Coast. <laughs> Then we have Melbourne to take on Richmond. Melbourne. If Richmond stand for anything, Tom. Yeah, I Mel- thought they would have turned Melbourne. up this week and they didn't. So Melbourne. Melbourne. Richmond. I, I, this is fan fiction for me. Um, I want Melbourne. I'd me too. I'd love it if Richmond only had one win after five weeks. I'd love it. And then GWS take on Hawthorne. Giants. Hawthorne. Toby Green to karate kick him into it next week. Giants for me as well, I think. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Dusha, do we have any emails? Tom, we do. And look, straight off the bat, a couple of people uh, answered the call for the fat ablet emails. Uh, clearly <laughs> thought it was funny to threaten us with canceling the emails. So straight off the bat, we have Sam, who's emailed us with the subject fat fev, included a photo of fev in his prime. And then Sam followed up the emails with another email saying, follow up. Cancel the emails. So, <laughs> Sam. Cheeky. Your trick didn't work because we got angry when we saw the first We're- one. But then you saying cancel the emails has made us want to uncancel the emails to spite you for your dog shit first email. <laughs> emails forever. Next week's just, just going to be emails. Uh, and then <laughs> we got a fat ablet email from John who included... A very, very creative Photoshop where he has photoshopped <laughs> the Gold Coast Suns logo onto Fat Albert's shirt and then Gary Ablett's face over Fat Albert, the movie poster. So it's a picture of Gary Ablett <laughs> and just says, hey, 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 Fat Ablett. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> I like that a lot. But see, there's work gone into that. You didn't just get a photo of Ablett not being fat from three years ago. No, I know. This was, this was the good Fat Ablett photo we wanted, Tom. This is what we want. This is the content I was craving. My boy being very fat. And then another email titled Fat Ablet, but doesn't include anything about Fat Ablet. In fact, <laughs> this is a, uh, wow, this is, this is big. <clears throat> this is from Adam. Adam Burt. Who's that? <laughs> no, I know who it is. It's, it's the, <laughs> the professor. Starts the email with the Adam Burt here from Twitter. Collingwood supporter and solitary soldier in the Collingwood army fighting the war against How Good's Footy. I yeah, good luck, mate. would like to remind you that even though you're at war with me, you have all professed your love for my work in an episode back in 2018. Oh. It was round 17. Hang on. It was the round 17 episode where I emailed in about how Brisbane is math- mathematical chance of making the finals. <laughs> 
Uh, I remember that email. It's the email. It's Adam Beautiful Mind Bert. The email was titled A Beautiful Mind. That's right. I would like to quote Carno as saying, This is so good. <laughs> this is the greatest email we've ever received. I've got to be honest with you. Adam is my favorite Collingwood person. Even going so far as to say, Adam is the only one I like. <laughs> well, time's changed. Sorry, Carno. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kano, but you love me. Or did you change your mind on that? Like you changed the team you barrack for. <laughs> oh, he's he's uh, having shots, man. He's having absolute oh, shots here. I like that. Is that it? Uh, also, well done to Tom, who actually knew how to pronounce combinatorics. Combina- I don't know. Combin- combinatorics. Combinatorics. There we go. May the war continue. I, I have no idea if that's how I pronounced it last time, but that's how I'm pronouncing it this time. Be great if you fucked it up. Oh, I know. Are. I know deep down that I absolutely have. <laughs> uh, good work, teacher Bert. Uh, then we've got. I love that. I love that he's a soldier in the war against Collingwood. It's beautiful. <laughs> he's fighting the Collingwood battle against <laughs> how good's footy. I. I- it's funny, I'd forgotten that email, the mathematically possible one. That was huge. Wasn't that like a really long one where heaps of uh, work had gone into it? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's a shame he's a Collingwood supporter. Yeah. really is. And then someone we haven't heard from for a while. Another one of your good friends, Sean. Uh, this is an email yeah. from Yoav. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Yoav, the Adelaide supporter. Subject, I'm <laughs> oh. sad, boys. <laughs> I, I, I get it. His team's dog shit. This is pre the Brisbane game. Adelaide have never been so dog shit before. So this is a first for me. How do I deal with it? What do Adelaide need to do to get back in the next couple of years, apart from firing the whole board? <laughs> P.S. Brisbane fucking rule. <laughs> hey, Yoav, thanks for um, thanks for saying Brisbane are good. I respect that because if, uh, if Brisbane ever looked like 22 motionless witches hats on a field, I wouldn't be sending an email to someone and telling them their team ruled. So respect. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be hard, Yoav. I don't know what you got to do, mate. It's going to be Yoav, hard. My, my only advice is that maybe just like every night, just hope that for some reason, Adelaide, there's a mutiny and... Adelaide Crows are overthrown and no longer exist and Port Adelaide become the only team in South Australia, then you could like feasibly pick another team without being a TC. That's pretty much yeah. all you can hope for at this point. A merger would be good. Yeah. Uh, Just merge South Australian football coached by Michael Voss. That'd be great. <laughs> the Adelaide Gloves. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck yeah. All right. Next email is from Kieran. Dear footy professors, are the Fremantle Dockers cursed? If so, what can they do to break it? Love the podcast, Kieran. Now, generally, if you've got a curse, you've got to get rid of the thing that gave you the curse. Um, so I think you need to bury Ross Lyon alive and then burn the area just to really get that voodoo magic happening. That's funny. I was going to say the same thing. You have to kill the root of the evil, which is Ross Lyon. <laughs> he still breathes, still reeks of garlic. So kill it. Bury it. Just toothpaste. Just what? pour toothpaste on him. That'll that'll neutralize him. Maybe that'll be a good way to solve both Yav's problem and Kieran's problem, which is just send Ross Lyon to the Adelaide Football Club and his garlic gases will just get the job done uh, and both teams can start fresh. I like yeah, it. I wonder if the I wonder if the curse 
exists until Ross Lyon gets his next senior coaching job. So luckily the curse will lift next season when he coaches Melbourne. Oh, oh. Yeah. it's the it follows, but it's for footy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Obscure reference, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not that obscure. It follows is a pretty famous oh. movie. If you don't get it, it, just Wikipedia it. Read the synopsis, be like, oh, fuck, I wish I watched this movie instead. Anyway. Watch It Follows. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. Very scary. Just to get that reference that we offhandedly made in How Good's Footy. Right. Next email. It's from Nathan. The subject is one point. I haven't read it yet. I'm scared to. Boys, first up, I will resist the urge to mention who lost to Carlton on the weekend for douche's sake. Nathan, first of all, thank you for not mentioning the team. Second of all, fuck you. However... If this is what the future of these two clubs looks like, I am all about it. The game was chaos, free-flowing nonsense, and I loved all of it. Looking forward to many more heart attacks in the seasons to come. Nathan, as a supporter that was also invested in the game, I don't think this was chaos in a good way. I think that both teams looked like absolute horse shit at points. I understand that because Carlton are coming up, that this is probably good for you because you beat a team... But you don't want your team to be playing like this every week. I've Look, I've been through it before. Close wins are exciting. Uh, but yeah, you, you just want to beat a team by like five goals every now and then. And it just doesn't happen when your team plays like this. So Nathan, strap yourself in. You don't want constant heart attacks. I don't want any. I want Brisbane to smash team. <laughs> they just never seem to do it. Just, if it gets close, I just know I'm like one step closer to death. I'd prefer it not to happen. Nah, close, no good. 100 points all the time. Yep. And uh, Nathan signs off with a PS. PS, after last week, Tom, I think I share your love for the big Sav. I can't wait for him to come and play at Carlton like he obviously wants to. Nah, mate. He kicked a goal from 55. He's absolutely fucking staying this week. This week. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fuck. Next email. And this is big. It's big and it's a glow. I love it. Subject, the baker. This is from friend of the show, Jason. <laughs> okay. Oh. Two points over Geelong. One point over Essendon. If Carlton beat Brisbane, I'll be the How Goods footy baker, delivering toast to all of the professors. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about this. Jason's yeah. right. He will get. He will score a roast trinity against the show. <laughs> that's that's powerful. Pretty fucking big. Also, uh, Jason wants to point out that his partner Lisa, who is a Port supporter, loves uh, Jacob's nickname for Charlie Big Dick Dixon or Massive Cock Dixon <laughs> or Massive Penis Charlie Dixon. She also has a lot of nicknames for the Port Adelaide players, and Jason has just listed them here. So Charlie Dixon, she calls Chunk. <laughs> Ollie Lyons is called Boxhead. <laughs> Scott Lysette is called Wolfenstein. Okay. Okay. Right. Darcy Burn Jones is called Burn Jern. <laughs> and These are good. Zach Butters' nickname to Lisa is Good Boy. <laughs> oh, he is a good boy. He did a great uh, little segment where he did like a tour for like the AFL through oh, I saw hub. it. And he gets he gets it's 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 the best. He gets to like a breakfast station and he talks about how they make these really nice omelets here. They're really delicious. You get whatever you want in the omelet. I don't really like eggs, so I've never had one. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, he just, <laughs> just moves on. He just talks about so how he has good. toast for breakfast every morning. And there's also a <laughs> yeah. plant where there's a kitchen that's not like staffed by cooks. And they're like, oh, players can go in here and make some of their own favorite food. He's like, I'm no good at cooking. I need my mum's help to help with that. So I, I, I steer clear of this room. <laughs> it's, it's very good. He also talks about how he doesn't like the pool because he likes to keep his shirt on. Right. He's a good boy. Last email. And this one is coming in fucking fresh. As fresh as the uh, toast that Jason has delivered me. If we started the show at our regular recording time, we would not have seen this email. Amelia, you are very lucky to get this one in. And it's a good one to end the show on. Footy in 2020 from Amelia. Dear footy professors, it has been a wild year with COVID and the cancellation of the AFLW finals. And now Queensland requiring the teams to quarantine after playing any Victorian teams has just made it even weirder. Add in the Suns near the top of the ladder and West Coast appearing to forget how to play. It just seems like it's the weirdest year footy could have had. But as a recent fan, I don't really know shit. What was the last time footy was close to this unexpected in your memory? What have been memorable zero to hero moments and which teams have had their collective brains fall out of their head? If there's nothing you can think of, I'm going to be left thinking that starting to follow footy late last year has cursed it and we'll never go back to normal. Up the Giants, Amelia. <laughs> um, I, there's never been anything like this. The, the two no. little examples in my head is I remember a Geelong-Melbourne game being called off when I was a kid because the Oval flooded um, and they just all stood around and like signed Guernseys. Um. But I've never. There's, this is. There's never been anything like this. Yeah, I mean, COVID. There's never been anything like that ever in like the history of mankind, basically. Uh, but there has been some like real weird moments, um, of like teams rising out of nowhere, like Western Bulldogs winning a premiership. That was very unexpected. That was kind of a zero to hero moment. True. Yeah. yeah. Um, which you can um, also see I- as a recent fan because they immediately just fell off. Not to kick Adelaide, but I remember one year where they were like almost unstoppable, and then with about six weeks to go in the season, they just completely fell apart. Do you remember that Neil Craig was? Yeah, coaching. yeah. I mean, they're a good example this year as well. Like two years ago, they were the favourites to win the flag, and then they well, two or three years ago, whenever they fucking made the grand final, but then they've just shit their pants ever shorts, shit their shorts ever since. You've got Richmond recently, where they went from being not making finals to suddenly being premiership heroes. You've got. Geelong's first premiership where they went from being 14th to winning a like having a, a almost unstoppable season you've got even something like Sydney never winning a grand final ever and then coming from the clouds to win one uh obviously if you're looking for like weird stuff that's happened in the season Essendon's drug scandal was fucking enormous and up until this year was like the most fucked thing that happened in footy in a very long time the only other sort of weird anomaly is the couple of years ago when uh, Phil Walsh died and Adelaide and Geelong just split the points and didn't play yeah. that week. It's um, kind of strange. And obviously then the rest of that year for Adelaide was just that they had every club made like those circles around the centre of the ground to like mark a respect. And then you had that first game back for Adelaide where they lost but were all crying after the game and all the West Coast players were hugging them. Yeah. Like it was insane. Yeah, that was that was weird, and that that one, like, I mean, the Essendon drug scandal gets talked about a lot, but because that was such like a personal tragedy for Adelaide, and you can't really like riff on it or talk about it in a f- any kind of way except for it to just be very depressing. It doesn't really come up, like they don't really talk about it that much, which is crazy because yeah. it was one of the most fucked things that's happened in footy and affected so many clubs because he'd worked at both Adelaide and Port Adelaide. Yeah, 
Paddy Dangerfield recently did that that video thing that um, I think AFL Media are doing. The last time I cried, hosted by Hamish McLaughlin. It's a and he talks a really good Phil series. Walsh check it out. That. Yeah, check that out. But yeah, yeah Amelia, you're not cursed. Only Ross yeah. Lyon is. If you want to ask us, you know, about if your football team is cursed, we'll look into the, you know, the stars and we'll determine if that's the case. You can send us an email at howgoodsfooty at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at howgoodsfooty or individually, I'm at Orca Trade. I'm at Sidekick of Dowie. And I'm at Douche13. And yeah, look, see you next week after resident absolutely fucking just steamroll Collingwood, 80 points. Tip is going to kick six. String is going to kick 10. Uh, Pendlebury's going to get absolutely belted by eight different Essendon players. It's going to be a huge fight, and I'm excited. (laughs) 